AU. After I had graduated, I interned with KDOT in Topeka, so Kansas Department of Transportation. Then I went into ministry after that. I'll lower this for you so we can see you. <laughs> okay, thanks. No better. That's great. <laughs> yes, I'm not very tall, if you can't tell. <laughs> so, um, I am grateful to see all of you this morning, and thank you for coming, and I'm very grateful to see uh, Mrs. Hub and also Jonathan's parents, and everyone here. So, thank you for having me. All right, I heard that someone uh, shared about Abraham not long ago. This Sunday, I'm going to focus on Sarah. So, um, so the title is Sarah, the Mother of Many Nations. Okay, let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, we just thank you so much for being here with us today. Lord, we just invite you and your Holy Spirit to speak and minister to our hearts, Lord God. Thank you for showing up. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to read uh, scriptures, and we're going to start. The first one is from Genesis 17, uh, 15 till 16. Um, then God said to Abraham, Regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I'll bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly and she will become the mother of many nations. King of nations will be among her descendants. God gave the title, the mother of nations, to Sarah. She was barren and never had any children yet, but God didn't stop giving her the assignment. So we're going to read uh, Genesis 18 next. Um, so here the story started out that three visitors suddenly show up in front of Abraham's tent. They were probably angels, and one of them could be the Lord himself, just from the conversation. So Abraham invited them to rest and have a meal before they continue on their journey. So they stayed and ate. So we'll start reading uh, Genesis 18, 9 to 15. So here it says, Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitor asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. <laughs> and that's how God does it, huh? Sometimes. <laughs> so my first point is that you are not disqualified of your age. 
I've not heard a woman in a 90 getting pregnant or giving birth besides Sarah. From the scripture we have read, Sarah said that she was too old. Maybe some of us feel that way. There are days that I said, I'm too old for this, God. Please have mercy. Send somebody else. I don't have the energy to deal with this. And maybe some of you are thinking, I'm too young. I'm not qualified. I've not learned anything. When I started out as a campus minister, I was young and probably had said a lot. I don't have any experience, God. I'm still young in my Christian walk with you. What do I know about making disciples of all nations? Where do you think? You're too old? That will be my category now. Ew, or you're too young. <laughs> Your age does not disqualify you. God creates each individual, and he knows what he or she is capable of. God knows what you're capable of even when you don't. And God is never wrong. God is never wrong. And he does not lie. So he defies our feelings, either too young or too old, and call us to bear his image. Whatever age you are now, you are at the perfect age to carry out his mission. So while preparing this message, it dawns on me the greater the gap between my abilities and what God is asking me to do, the more God has to do his part. Who is going to be in the gap? Who is going to fulfill that big gap in there? God is. It's not you or it's not I. So think about this, okay? So Sarah was past the age of bearing children. There was nothing she could do to change that. So God has to come in that gap and help Sarah to get pregnant at 90 years old. In fact, it was really easy for God to do that. Okay? It was very easy. It's almost as easy as like, hey, I flip on the light switch here. Maybe if you like food, you might think like, hey, it's as easy as eating a piece of candy. So there you go. It's as easy as that for God to do something like that. So God's specialty is doing miracles all the time. Okay? So that is a specialty, so nothing is too hard for him, okay? So I'm going to go into my second point, and it is, you're not disqualified of your barrenness. So just like Sarah's stories, right? How often, when we ask to do something, the first thing we tend to focus on is our lack and weaknesses. To be honest, when I was asked to share this morning, I responded, too much pressure to speak on Mother's Day. <laughs> In my mind, I was thinking, I've never bore a child, okay? What do I know about motherhood? But I hope my message will be still inspiring <laughs> to you all. So here are some of my stories. Throughout my college days, I felt I was walking through a season of barrenness. 
I shared and shared, I hope and hope, I prayed and prayed for disciples, but there were none that would stick around long enough. Then when I started as a campus minister, I cried out to God regarding my lack, my weaknesses, insecurities, fears, and other stuff, and even doubt about God calling me to do this. And I can testify, Mrs. Hub here, she knows because I met her before I started ministry. So my first small group consisted of three internationals, you know, but none were willing to come to Jesus. So there's my history, all right? So I'm very grateful for communities because like Pastor John, Pam, and others, they are the one who encouraged me. They, their faith and vision of reaching international students had helped me not to quit. And they are still helping me today. After my first small group, God brought Alicia from Malaysia. She was a freshman pharmacy student. All that time, you know, at that time, I lived a stroll away from her dorm, so she came over almost every day. She was having a rough time being away from home. Besides that, she had roommate's problem. She also felt tremendous pressure to do well in school. She, she is a very bright and articulate lady, by the way. She struggled with rejection and not feeling a sense of belonging. As I was teaching her God's truth and how to fight rejection, God was also helping me through my lack and weaknesses. Alicia came to live with us after a year. We had nation to nation, like here, on Friday nights, and Alicia found her place to give of herself. She was excited about getting snacks, baking cupcakes, and making dishes for nation to nation. She also invited other international friends to join us on Friday nights. She was great at making each international feel welcome and love. So that was my first disciple, people. <laughs> then EJ from South Korea came along. Next, Ping from Indonesia made Jesus a Savior and Lord. After that, we got Si Chong from Malaysia, which probably some of you have met. Gave up his Chinese gods and surrendered to King Jesus. The following year, we have Michelle, and she was introduced to us by Anne Lorenzo, which some of you know her too. And God kept adding students from China, the Philippines, Taiwan, Bhutan, Kyrgyzstan, Peru, Ecuador, France, DR Congo, Nigeria, New Zealand, and many more countries that I didn't know how to pronounce. <laughs> Probably didn't know how to spell either. Kyrgyzstan was hard for me, by the way. So we gave many rights and fed many mouths, but God was the one who transformed lives. As a result, many encountered Jesus and became his followers. That was how our church became a place for nations. So it would be really nice if I never had to face barrenness again, but that wasn't my story. I went through another hard season of barrenness. This time, the barrenness wasn't like of people coming to Jesus. This barrenness was the emptiness and pain of losing a dear friend. On a specific day, I dreaded going to meet with a student from Brazil. On my way there, I told God that I couldn't do this anymore. I was empty and I had nothing to give or to impart. 
I ask the Holy Spirit to speak and to minister to this student. I had to rely on God like never before. I was barely there, but God was faithful. He showed up. That was probably one of the best discipleship meetings. But I didn't remember what came out of my mouth because God was the one ministering to her. I'm still challenged with my lack and weaknesses frequently. It would seem smart for God not to choose me, but God does not stop choosing me or asking me to be his voice, his hand and feet to love people and give people opportunities to have a relationship with Jesus. Back to Sarah's story. We know God turned her barrenness and gave her Isaac. As I said, it is God's specialty to do miracles all the time. The greater the gap between my abilities and what God is asking me to do, the more God has to do his part. God is faithful, Jehovah Jireh. He is enough. Okay, everybody say that with me. He's enough. One, two, three. He is enough. I'm sure a lot of you know this song, right? Jireh? Yeah, by Maverick. He's enough. So it's a very encouraging story. So my next point is uh, you're not disqualified of your past mistakes and disappointments. Sarah had hoped to build a family through a servant, Hagar, but it didn't work out. Hagar showed Sarah contempt when she got pregnant, and Sarah treated her badly. When Hagar couldn't take it anymore, she ran away. Sarah also liked about not laughing when the three visitors were there. I can relate to Sarah's laugh. When Sarah found out that she was going to have a baby about a year, about in a year, she laughed with unbelief. I think she wanted to believe, but also nervous about believing because she didn't want to get her hopes up and be disappointed again. That's why I say I can relate to Sarah's love. She probably was thinking, this must be too good to be true. Before I gave my life to Jesus, I was thinking that same way. You know, Jesus has done great things on the cross, right, for all of us, for me specifically at that time. And I was thinking, this is too good to be true. Will he really take my sin and brokenness away and turn my life around? Will he? All right, we're going to read from Genesis 21. Okay. And here it says that, I have to go up a little bit. I'm missing it. Okay. The Lord, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time that God said that it would happen. And Abraham named their son Isaac. And the next verse, uh, next two verses, and Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. 
Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I've given Abraham a son in his old age. Isn't that amazing how things work out? God did exactly what he had promised. Her laugh was being pointed out a year before the baby was born, but this time God brought her laughter. It is so God not to shame Sarah, but to honor her. Sarah's name is among uh, the faith superstars in Hebrew 11. Her name was on the list because she chose to partner with God through it all. She allowed God to take a past mistake and disappointments and turn it for good. She chose God's narrative over her own story. Her faith had allowed God to triumph over all difficulties and shortcomings. She risked herself to trust God again and again. She partnered with God and obeyed him. And Sarah became the mother of nations. And God is also extending this to us today. When you and I choose to partner with God through our past mistakes and disappointments, even through our own unbelief, fear, confusion, pain, or hurt, he is able to turn all this for good. Will God do this for me? Will God do this for you? Yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> so let us partner with God like Sarah did. She didn't get all her life together. We are still in the same spot. At least I am. I admit that. I have not got all my life together right now. But even through whatever feelings or whatever circumstances that we're walking through right now, we can choose to partner with God. He is the one that has to come into the gap and do it. It frees me to think that I, God is only asking me to partner with him. And he's the one who has to do all this thing that I have no ability to carry it out. And I hope this sets you free of thinking this way. When God asks you to do something, you should start thinking about, that's God's part. I'm just showing up here, like the song that we talk about, here I am, God. Man, I'm not quite there, but here I am, God. And I'm just showing up here, and you lead me, God. Lead me and help me to do what I need to do. And by choosing to partner with God, we risk our own story over his story for us. We keep risking believing what he says. We keep risking taking one step at a time, even we do not know all the steps that's in front of us. And we keep risking by saying, yes, God, yes, God. And so let us obey him 
and let us do our part because we know that God is faithful to do his part all the time. And his specialty is doing miracles all the time. We should ex expect that almost all the time, that this is who God is and this is what he will do. And so let's live this way, my friends, and let's trust God that he will come true for us when we can't. Okay? So this is my story. This is all I have to share, that we're not disqualified because of our age, because our barrenness, or because of our past mistake and disappointments. God can turn all this for good, for his glory. And so let's walk in this. Okay? That's all I have. And I'm going to pray, and then I'm sure somebody else will come up next. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for Sarah, how a barren woman in her 90 was able to become the mother of nations, and kings came out from that. God, it is it's you that we're able to do all that we could not do because this is your story, God. And I thank you, Lord God, whatever circumstances we are faced today, that God, we're going to declare that you are enough. You are Jireh. Thank you, Lord God, for coming in today and speak to us, Lord God. We turn to you in all circumstances and we let you take control, Lord Jesus, Lord God. Father, we honor your name, and we thank you for being here with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, I'm done. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, mean, I love all the stories.